0: Right, bro. Thank Thanks you. bro, appreciate it Good morning everybody uh, My name is Brandon, for those that remember me uh, For those that don't <laughs> It's great to be back <laughs> I know I walked in this morning and I was like Man, just like I never left, you know uh, But I'm excited to be back This is my brother uh, We're just so excited to be here And we uh, we love this church uh, This church has enriched my life Uh tenfold and it just really helped me uh, to grow to learn how to pray to learn how to read my Bible to learn how to be a missionary um, you can't can't be a missionary when you're comfortable you know and I just love the fact that Maine has really just helped my character grow so much everyone in this room has played a some kind of a role in my life whether it's been directly or indirectly and I'm just so grateful to be back uh, I moved to Arizona like four months ago and now I'm help leading a singles and a campus ministry out there so learning a whole lot uh different different culture different territory different people but it's still the same god same gospel Uh, and so things have been uh things have been definitely transitory you know when you move it's always different difficult to to build new friendships and to gain trust but it's been uh, quite a journey, and so i 'm excited to uh, be able to spend the holidays with you guys and look forward to just a new decade together and um, and so me and my brother we 're going to preach, uh, preach the word today, but before we do that let 's go to God in prayer, and then my brother will take it from there God, Father, as we uh, bow and we pray God, we just ask that you can uh, give us uh, just an incredible incredible vision for this next year and beyond, yes, God. Yeah. 2020 is, uh, it's a, it's a, a new beginning, God. We have a new hope in yeah. you, Lord, and we pray that we can shake off, God, all the hindrances, God, from, from the past and look forward to what you're gonna do, God. I pray that we can, uh, just relish our relationship with you, God, and that we can really, uh, just draw near to, uh, your everlasting love, God, your unconditional grace. And we can just really reflect and remember you as we focus uh, on being who you want us to be this year. In your son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: All right, guys. Um, well, I'm, I feel very honored to be here. I'm here visiting my family, my mom and dad, Bob and Barb. Um, so I, I think this is cold enough. <laughs> but I hear this is as good as it gets. Um, but yeah, so I live in Orlando. That's, that's my hometown. and. Um, you guys can hear at, at this level. Is that good? Yeah. Okay? okay. But yeah, I live in Orlando, and uh, my wife Molly is here. And we've been married for almost six years. And my son Luke is here, and he's among the many, many one- and two-year-olds that are in in the crowd. But uh it's just really cool to be able to share with you guys. I have a very simple message. Glenn asked, uh, can you guys uh, cast the vision for our church for the entire year? Um, just kidding. But he did ask, can you, can you guys just talk about having vision for this year? And while I have no business talking about the vision of this church, um, I, I will just say I'm very encouraged by this church, and uh, I pray for you guys a lot. And uh, my parents here tell me stories, and, and I can't even keep the name straight of who, who belongs to what um, good news that they share, but I feel like I know what's going on, but I, I, you know, it's great just getting to know you guys little by little as I come visit. Um, but it's funny, I feel like you guys know me and my brother so well, um, because my parents love us so dearly. So... Um, you know, um, so today, what is the vision? Um, the vision, I mean, we wanted to title this perfect vision. Because I think the vision, there's, there's two, there's a, there's a micro level, you know, like a personal vision that God has for each one of us. And it's very different. And then there's a macro level vision. And I think that um, whatever your individual vision that God has for you, That's yet to be told to you. Right. We have the Holy Spirit. He makes things clear. Um, We have people in our lives and that that help that God works through many ways to show us his will. But when I think about vision, I think like what way does God want us to go shed light and let us walk that way. Right. And I think uh, what I what I can share about is is common ground for all of us. And that is um, it comes from Philippians chapter three. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 is our text this morning, and we'll just read verses pretty much 7 through 14. So I have it up here, uh, and this is the NLT version. Philippians 3, verses 7 through 14. I'm going to start in verse 5, just because it makes more sense. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I, Paul, harshly persecuted the church. As for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. So we have a guy that at the end of the year, he, um, before I read our text, this is Paul talking, but he could have said, man, I had, I had, I had a great year. In fact, I've had a great string of years. In fact, who, who can bring a fault against me, right? Um, so, so what more is there, right? But there's more, there's a, there's a longing he has. And that's what I want to focus on. What, what can be the vision, whether your year's been great, like Paul's or not so great. And I think Brandon will speak more to the challenging year. Um, but, uh, let's, let's read our text. Philippians 3, 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting what the past had and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Um, a lot of times in the Bible, vision is this like metaphor. It's the vision, the spiritual eyes, right? And God is is He's calling out to blind people. We all come to God initially blind, right? Our sin puts us in this state where we we aren't in touch with ourselves. We can't. There's no way we can find God unless He calls out to us and draws us near. And if you're a Christian, you know what that's like. Um, but it's just so cool to hear this man Paul. Well. This letter is, this is like the heart of Philippians, um, this, this section here. But this was a letter that he wrote to one of the first churches he established um, as a missionary. And he, he personally wrote, and this is considered the most personal letter that Paul ever wrote. Um, there's, there's great letters, there's Romans, um, great uh, theological like, masterpieces, you know, Romans. But this is the most personal letter. And in some sense, it was a thank you letter. Um, but even in the midst of just whatever his purpose was, thanking them for financial support, um, letting them know that their friend was well and alive, like all these purposes that the letter gave reason to. He goes on and on and on about how much he just wants to know Jesus. <coughs> he wants to know Christ. And, and he had he, he had everything like He'd done everything right according to the law, but he knew that that really wasn't, that what, he, he still would miss everything if he didn't know Christ. And I think there's a difference, you know, um, between knowing Christ and knowing about Christ, um, yep. between having heard his name and, and really knowing him. Yep. There's a difference between seeing a picture of my son on Facebook and yet you don't know him until you get to spend time with him, you know, and, right. and, and play with him. And and there's just a difference between knowing about and knowing personally. Yeah. And this is what Paul was saying, like, I've done everything that should put me in right standing with God, right? I, I'm righteousness, so you can, I can put that stamp on me. I'm, I'm a righteous man. But if I don't know Christ, and I'm not done getting to know Christ, like you can see him longing for death, right? Because... Even in death, I look forward to that because Jesus died so I can get to know him in every way. And so the way we're going to break up the sermon here is in two points, um, two ways, two ways to fix your own vision, to focus your vision so that you don't miss what God really wants for you this year ahead, but also throughout your life. So the first point is we need to look to God with tunnel vision. Look with tunnel vision. Um, tunnel vision is this, like... I, a lot of men are accused of having tunnel vision by their wives. Uh-oh. That they, they can't multitask. And it's really when, like, you're so narrow-minded that you just can't pay attention to other things other than what's right in front of you, right? But Paul, Paul kind of starts out bragging, like, I have all these things I could focus on that probably his audience would be like, whoa, that's awesome. That, like... It catches their attention, like you are faultless, and then he kind of shoves it out of the way, right? He says, "I want this all-encompassing, um, all of my ambition and my focus to be directed at Jesus and knowing Christ." This happens to be my favorite scripture in the Bible. Um, so when we were trying to decide what to t- talk about, I thought, because I don't know you guys like intimately. I don't know how to apply this to your situation. Like Glenn said, you just takes a winter break and you're like, where are you at? Like, what do you need? What do you need to hear? I know you need to hear this. You need to hear that if you don't know Christ, nothing matters. And he should be all, your total ambition to get to know him. Um, sometimes our, our visions or our goals, they're, they're misguided, right? And Paul, I'm, I'm grateful that he, I think for a lot of people that go to church, I, I, I would imagine in the audience there's people that have hardly been to church, and there's probably people that have gone to church a lot. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Jesus is, it, he kind of doesn't let you sit on the fence very long. You know, like you don't just, it's not common that people just come and, and, and don't get to know Jesus, right? When you get to know him, he makes you make a choice. And, And when you really get a taste of him, you want to know more and more and more. And I see this, that Paul was this like by the books kind of guy. You know, he knew all the laws, he knew all the rules, and he kept them well. And I think for for us that are growing up, um, even even our kids, you know, what I do know is there's a lot of young kids in this church. And maybe I'm focusing on that because I have one of my own. But our goal for them in life shouldn't be that they're these perfect, squeaky clean kind of people. We, we should never aim to be good people. I mean, good people miss Jesus more than anyone. I think people that aren't good, it's obvious they don't have Jesus, but people that are good fool themselves into thinking, that's it. And life stinks, right? Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, what more is there? Um, what more is there? Paul is like, like I've done more than that. And I still haven't had enough of Jesus. And so when you think about this year, like, having tunnel vision for Jesus, this is, this is everything. I mean, whatever peripheral things, and, and, and there are peripheral things, like, I mean, perhaps losing weight. I mean, that t- tends to be my, my resolution. Like, I'm going to lose some weight, you know, um, in the last couple years. But... There's peripheral things, getting straight A's, you know, maybe getting married. Whoa, that would be fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's amazing. It's amazing being married. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm making light of that because compared to knowing Jesus, it means nothing. And that's, that's what I see here, that um, by looking on at this new year, I'm going to look at the scripture. In verse seven, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Like, the worth, you know, when you appraise, appraiser uh, tells you how much something's worth. Before you know Jesus, it's like a Mercedes Benz is like, if I can do that and, and go to Hawaii. And um, that was my, my, my mom's um, lifelong goal before she knew Jesus. Someone said, what's your purpose in life? And she said, go to Hawaii. Like, that, that was it. Um but once you get to know Jesus, you realize that's not worth that much. You know, and then you get to go to Hawaii. I mean, maybe Jesus even helps you get your finances in order because there's biblical principles. And you realize it was just Hawaii. You know, they, they want to come to Maine. They want to see snow. Like everyone's not content. But Jesus satisfies what and he he, he basically reappraises everything else in life. Um, Paul actually appraises quite uh, specifically what everything else in life is worth. And he says, worthless, worthless. So as you look ahead in your new year, the vision should be, I want Christ. Like we have this field of vision and I don't know how much percentage of it Christ gets, but widen that. Get to know him more. Like let that push aside anything else that distracts you. Um, it, it's worth more than anything that competes. And I think that's the question that my, my half of this lesson will be is like what competes with your field of vision for Jesus? And, and let, let Jesus push it aside. He, he will push it aside if you open your Bible, if you get to know him. He is worth digging in. He's worth letting any fictional, I, I mean, reading, reading books is great. But once you read the Bible, you're like, I don't even know if I want to read another book. Like, you know, like, let me there's more to go and i know these young christians in, in our ministry my wife and i we lead the um, the campus ministry in orlando and it's so it's so fun to like meet a new christian who meets jesus for the first time and they're like i have to tell them like you need to study you need to read your textbook like an f no <laughs> they're not f's right but they're like yeah i didn't get time to read the chapter this week for my test but they're like cruising through the bible they're like I read five chapters yesterday, and it's so cool. Like, I have a question, you know, like, because everything in here points to Jesus. And God gave this to us because eventually, in eternity, we will get to be with him forever. Um, And what we know about him now is nothing compared to what we will know about him. But just a glimpse from Paul's perspective, he's like, everything is worth nothing. Just with a hint of knowing about Jesus. Um. I have a slide. Uh, it has a. You can go one more. Um, does anyone recognize what this is?
0: <laughs>
1: the, I see this multiple t- times a day. This is a dirty diaper. Um, but I, there's a reason. I think uh, I'd like to point you to the scripture, <laughs> because Paul 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 actually talks about dirty diapers here. He says um, in verse eight. Yes, everything is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I might gain Christ. He says, it, maybe in your Bible it says rubbish, right? It's like the British way to say trash. Um, but he's saying it's trash. It's it, literally it says dung. He's like. We, we say rubbish in our Bibles, trash, garbage. He's saying everything compared to Christ is dung. Yeah. It's poop. Yeah. Like the greatest thing, like the most beautiful, amazing wife, or I'll just say husband in Molly's life. I'm, 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 I'm trying to say she's the greatest blessing like in my life right now, okay? And she's not offended by this. She knows what I'm trying to say that the greatest blessing in your life, whether it, for me it's my marriage, even that, like when I put it next to Jesus, it looks like a dirty diaper. And in the Bible, even Isaiah says that all of, our, all of our great acts, you know, all of our um, good deeds, when we line them up to Jesus in God's sight, they're dirty rags. Right, I'd encourage you to look at what that literally means. Um, but I think I've gone far enough. That that one will gross us out even more. But a dirty rag, in that sense, is—I mean—you'd prefer a dirty diaper, like. So to put value into our good deeds, being good compared to knowing Jesus, you know, this is a call to drop your ethics for the next year. You know, drop your personal morals, um, drop the ambition to be better or good, like. If you get to know Jesus, he'll direct you in that way. That'll happen naturally. Yep. But knowing Jesus should be the target that you're aiming for. Amen. So have tunnel vision for Jesus in this next year. Amen. Amen. Um, okay, I'm, I'm actually, Hey, I get to talk about more. Um, in verse nine, let's see. I'm like, am I stepping up Brandon's toes? Oh, no. no. Okay, yeah. verse nine. I want to be found in him. You know, like, I want to be found in him. When he says that, I mean, this next year, people are going to be like, where are you, man? Like, <laughs> you used to be pursuing this, you know, but something's going on. You know, this could be your story this next year. Where will they find you? You know, will you be found in Jesus? And in a lot of ways, he's talking about being swallowed up into Jesus. And in other places in the Bible, he says, if we're swallowed up in Jesus in his death, just like the scripture refers to his death and his resurrection, like in every way being swallowed up in Jesus. Perhaps for some of you guys, that means being baptized. I mean, that's the illustration here, being swallowed up. I want to be found in Jesus, enveloped in him. And, and the starting point of that is making Jesus Lord in the waters of baptism. Like the, what a New Year's resolution. Um, Amen. And, and, and not trusting yourself, you know, but rather trusting that your relationship with him based on faith is is everything. Amen. Yeah, that's cool. So clearly stated the vision um, to have a, a, a vision that pleases God for this year is a vision to know Christ with tunnel vision um, in suffering, in death, and in resurrection. Um, perhaps you're... Your year ahead is going to be a a year filled with suffering. And I think for half the room, that could be true. Um, Perhaps the other half is not. But even in the suffering, Paul looked forward because he saw like, this is going to be awesome to suffer with Jesus because I, in that, get to know Jesus. And I think I'm just trying to prep you if that's you. Hold on to the the joy of getting to know Jesus in suffering because he was a man of suffering. So in every aspect of life, whatever's coming, if it's suffering, if it's health challenges, um, financial challenges, persecution, you you get to know Jesus more. You get to empathize with Jesus. And that's that's really who we want to get to know. So... With that, we have the hope of resurrection, you know, joining and knowing him in that. What a glorious moment that'll be. But as you go through the challenges of this year, and there will be many for all of us, just holding on to the fact that I I had the joy, there's a joy looking ahead, right? And Brandon's going to focus on something like that here as we, but enjoying whatever it takes to get to know Jesus better. The suffering, the good times, um, just knowing him, not getting to know the morals or the ethics or being concerned about what's, you know, um, what would make me a better person. God just wants us to know him. And so uh, with that, we have our next, our next point here. Amen.
0: This is this is a scripture that um, my brother wanted to read as well. It's John seventeen three, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the one and only true God, Jesus Christ, and the one you sent to earth. Um, you know, and the point too is far sighted focus. Uh, far sighted focus. You know, uh, I love what my brother talked about with tunnel vision, uh, and and we need that. You know, we need a focus. Um, I know I can relate to what he said about not being able to multitask very well. Um, but you know, I, I wear glasses for a reason. Uh, I wear these because if you ask me what's all the way over there, you know, outside of this room at the next building, what does those letters say? I couldn't tell you because naturally far-sighted, I can't see well. You know, but if I could read this Bible, perfect. You know, I could go for it. I could read something close up. But you know, we either are far-sighted or we're either nearsighted or we have 2020 vision. You know, there's only three options. You can either see far great. You can see close great, or you can see both great, you know? And um, we all fall somewhere in that spectrum. But, you know, for me, like being far sighted is something that, um, that just kind of that's my natural disposition. But I wear these glasses so I can see far because I want to see the cars when I'm driving. I don't want to swerve into them, you know? Uh, that, that's a good thing, right? Um, Yep, yep. I want to be able to read, you know, the exit sign in case there's an emergency. And I'm like, oh, wait, where's the exit? I want to be able to see where that is. And in the same way, when we're talking about Jesus and a, and a vision for the rest of our lives, a perfect vision, we need to be able to see close, be intimate, closely connected to Jesus, knowing his character, knowing how he feels, what he thinks, how he spoke. And then we also need to be able to look at heaven. Being with him forever. Eternal life. Um, to know Jesus is eternal life. And so, you know, as, as we look back at the text, I just want to focus on uh, verses 12 and 14. Um, I think it's on there. Maybe not. No, but
1: farther down.
0: Farther down. Oh, okay. You're going back the there it is. Perfect. Um, you know, in verse 12, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already <laughs> achieved these things, but that I've already reached perfection you know, and I love his humility because he here he says in verse 14, I press on to reach the end. Um, I'm sorry, in verse 13. He says, no, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. You know, Paul achieved so many things, but he hasn't achieved yet. Knowing Christ, he has he's he's longing to be with him. You know, imagine watching somebody on a on a TV screen. Like, you know, you get to watch a football game or a basketball game and then imagine, you know, after that game, after watching them on TV, you get to go hang out with that person, you know, and you get to connect and eat and and just live life. You know, that's that's kind of the difference between, you know, understanding who someone is and getting to be close and getting to to live and relish forever with that person. And Paul wasn't he wasn't content with just knowing Jesus here and now. Just the ton of it. He wanted to know him forever. Yeah. You know, and knowing him here and now, that's hard, right? That's challenging. Why is it why is being far-sighted, you know, challenging? It's because there's there's barriers, there's blockage, there's stumblings, there's there's things that we go through that make us want to focus elsewhere. But when we can look at heaven, we look past all the cloudiness when we look at heaven, when we look to the future of being with God, we can look past all the things that can stand in our way, the momentary troubles, right? Yeah. The things that maybe it's finances that are challenging. Uh, I love my parents, but they didn't come up here uh, to the church to to get wealthier. <laughs> they came up here to really get to know Jesus in a greater way. Um, you know, there's so many things that Are challenging. Maybe, maybe you've lost a child, you know, or maybe there's been just a lot of discouragement. Maybe your job, whatever it could be. Those are those are challenges that are not easy. But um, if we allow those challenges to divert our attention away from knowing Jesus and dreaming to be more and more like Jesus, then we're missing. We're living like the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. you know. We're we're not believers Uh, we're we're want to be believers but but we're not living it and so we have to keep our focus long term we have to keep it hey this is great this next four months man we're going to be missionaries but I love what Glenn said is we're not just going to do that for four months it's going to be our lifestyle because we're looking toward heaven we're looking toward being with God forever and I love that I know a good amount of you from living here for five years because I know how tough it is living in this city living in 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 this place it's it is a godless city in a lot of ways statistically but you know there is more there are so many miracles that have happened in this city because God works with his people right. you know you can choose to look at the hard things or you can choose to look at the opportunity yeah. Yeah. and it I was talking to Molly yesterday and she's like yeah it's it's a decision to choose what you think about. And if we can think about looking close at Jesus and then looking beyond him to being with him forever, then we're right on track. We're right where God wants us. No matter what happens at our job, no matter what happens cuz Jan, you know, mid January is about to come and all those resolutions are about to it's going to be tempting to say, well, "I'll just let that one slide" or, you know, I had 10, let me just focus on two of them. Like there's going to be temptation to, to take our foot off the gas to, to to take our glasses off and to only see the near things or to put them on and only see far and not not deal with the responsibilities of knowing Jesus closely and and what life puts at us but I want to encourage us to uh, to continue to look at the prize to continue to run the race not looking down but looking to where we're going um, and so you know I'll just share a little bit about the past four months for my life, uh, I moved. I moved from here, and uh, I actually moved to Arizona. That's just a a small picture of the Grand Canyon. It's wow. so big. Imagine this photograph just going all the way around the wall, and just being 3D. Like, just it's the biggest anything you'll ever see. The only thing that's bigger is the ocean, but you can't see all the ocean. So. <laughs> You can't, you can't even see all of this. It's like a ocean without water, basically. Um, and so it's an incredible place. Uh, but you know, I, I got a chance to move here four months ago, and I helped lead the singles in campus out in Phoenix area. So it's about two hours, maybe three hours south of here. Uh, but it's been, it's been a tough transition because I think I learned a lot of things about myself when you move when i moved here it was a tough transition going from one culture to another culture and now going from this culture to a different culture i kind of feel like paul as he went to different places he had to get to know the people he had to understand you know what was going on in this city and that takes time that takes that takes a bit of time and you know and but for me the past four months i was very i was very nearsighted you know i i stopped looking at the the future with Christ, and I started looking at my circumstances. You know, I started things started to get blurry farther out because I couldn't dream to be close to God. I couldn't dream to see what was happening in this next decade. You know, I love Glenn, and he has a 2030 vision, which is awesome, and I'm inspired by it. And I read it; he sent it to me. But you know, but I was like, man, how do I get through 2019? Because I'm, I need help. You know, I was I was starting to look at the things that were tough, right? I went out there expecting to lead a campus ministry. When I got there, like, oh yeah, it's basically a singles ministry. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know about that. Uh, uh, I've never led singles before. How do, how do you do this? Oh, kind of figure it out, talk to people, and you'll be good. And I was like, wow, uh, okay. Um, I felt supported, they're like, you got this, but I didn't feel directed or taught or coached. And I was like, okay, God, this is, this is, a, this is a, a speed bump that I didn't expect, yeah. right? And then, you know, even other things, just getting, having no friendships out there. Um, mm-hmm. Having nobody that I grew up with, nobody that I knew, it, it was not easy. Uh, but, you know, I had to learn how to build those. And I'm still in the process of that. Uh, I knew when I left, um, you know, people like Tim or Joe or Cody or Glenn or other, you know, brothers, Ezra, Phil, like, these guys, they were, they were my friends. They were my comrades, my partners in the gospel out here in Maine. And I didn't have that going out there. And I felt lonely. I felt, I felt like, man, God, why, why is this so hard? You know, I didn't realize what I had when I was here. Um, And, you know, maybe I didn't have all the, you know, the the financial things here, you know, but I I had so much more spiritual blessings here that I'm so grateful for. Uh, But in the moment, I lost sight. You know, um, I was in a relationship, I'm not in a relationship anymore. So that, that was tough as well. You know, learning how to lead with a co-leader who used to date, but you don't date her anymore, but you still lead, you know, that's a, that's a different situation. Uh, Not a lot of people have, have been successful in that situation, but you know, with God, we can do all things, you know, um, you know, and just building trust, you know, the, the person that I have in my life, who's teaching me, he's. He's very similar to me, so it's very hard to connect and relate. Or it's very hard to, like, feel like we, we complete each other. You know, it's, it's more like, wow, you've gone through it and you've grown, and I want to do that. You know, but when a lot of my friendships have been people that are different, you know, from me. And so now I'm learning, oh, well, how do I love people that are the same as me? You know, that's a new, that's a new test that God is teaching me. And so there's all these things, but I, I, I kind of got—I uh I got— what do you call it? Frustrated a lot. You know, I was dealing with people who have special needs and and people who, you know, who are not easy to love. And, and it just taught me, wow, you got to be patient. You know, you can't rush the process. You know, you got to trust God. I was dealing with things that were very difficult. You know, like one of my roommates just decided to leave God. Um, I just formed a brother's household and then a month after, one was like, all right, this is great, but I like the world better. Uh, that's hard. You know, imagine that. Um, you know, I, I love this guy. I spent time with him, but he, he chose the world. And, and so there are a lot of discouraging things that can happen. Yeah. But if that's, if that's what we base our joy on, if that's, if that's what our focus is on, the, the challenging circumstances, then we can, never, we can never relish a relationship with God. Because we'll constantly be disappointed. You know, the biggest thing, I, one of the biggest things I learned here, uh, Steve LaFrance taught me. He was like, when you get discouraged, find a way to get encouraged quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Glenn taught him that. I don't know. But, you know, it was just something that I've never forgotten. I've taken it with me to Arizona. Um, because our circumstances change. But our relationship with God, our focus on him, our vision for the future, it's, it's always going to be something that we need to get in touch with God and develop, um, and God gives us the freedom to develop it, he, uh, which is awesome. You know, Glenn's vision might be different than Tim's vision, or, you know, Wade's vision might be different from, you know, Jesse and Lyenne's vision. But we all have a vision if we're focusing on Jesus and we're focusing on being with him forever. Uh, it's incredible. And so I wanted to just briefly read this, uh, this scripture. Um, in 2 Timothy 4, it's also Paul talking. Um, he says, this is him at the end of his life, after he's uh, completed his vision. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near, and I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. But, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. The prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Uh, and I just love how Paul's not selfish with this prize. He wants to share with us Amen. at the victory line. He wants to meet us there. Uh, he's waiting for us. And he's like, come on. You know, come on, Jim. Come on, Sherry. Let's go, Tita. Come on, keep running. You got this. You know, that's, that's what Paul is. He's, he's, he's eagerly looking forward to Christ appearing. And he wants to share in that victory with all of us. You know, we receive a crown um, that can never perish, spoil or fade, if we continue to look at Jesus and keep running. Uh, you know, I, I got a chance to run a, uh, I ran a little 15k. Uh, uh, it was like 9.3 miles, so, uh, well, it was a 15, 15k a 15k. It was a 15k, but, but that 's not my goal. My goal is to run a marathon. That's why I said a little 15K, to to inspire me to go greater. Um, But it showed me where I was at. Like, I was out of shape, uh, and I was hurting. I had the wrong socks on. Um, uh, I got bad blisters. uh, But, you know, it was was tough. I kind of hobbled into the finish line. uh, But I finished. You know, I finished. It was humbling because I was like, man, last time I ran, I ran this time. <laughs> and now I'm running like this time. You're old, bro. Oh, man, this is not good. You know, um, God, is, God is humbling me. But, you know, I, I learned on that race, it, it showed me where I was at. It gave me a good, just a good snapshot. Hey, this is where you are. But now I can dream to be, all right, this is where I want to be. Um, and I remember as I was running, um, I hit like a wall at mile seven, and I was like, man, I didn't train the way I should have trained. Um, so I just kind of ran a mile a day. I was like, oh, I'll be good, and then I got <laughs> humbled quick. Um, but, but after mile seven, I was like – I was looking around, and I realized if I looked down or I looked at the person in front of me, I just kept getting discouraged because they just kept – Flying by me. I'm like, this is not good. What's happening? I'm like, I could keep up. Oh, no, I can't. All right. So it was hard, but then when I started looking at the buildings, I I ran through downtown Phoenix. Uh, it kinda looks like well, it just looks like a downtown area. Mm-hmm. But you get to see a lot of buildings and bridges and and I just started looking at the buildings far out, like, you know, two three hundred yards in front of me. And all of a sudden I just started running faster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa, I don't feel winded anymore. I don't feel tired. My foot I mean, it still hurt, but it wasn't as bad, you know, and I realized it was what changed. It was just my focus. I had a far-sighted focus. You know, I I wasn't focused on my foot, you know, hurting, and I was kind of like, you know, when you compensate, so one side of your, like, foot gets a blister, then, all right, I'm going to do it on the other side, and now both sides are hurting. (laughs) Like, I could have focused on that, um, but I just focused on what was in front of me, and that led me to the end of the race, and all of a sudden, I got this adrenaline, and I felt good because I passed like 15 people in the last 100 meters, um, but it was the far side of focus that helped me, um, and you know, going, going back to this place, I, I went here this past week, and I just went for like a little detox, just to get away, you know, the Bible says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places mm-hmm. where he prayed, this is beautiful, you know, and I, I went from Fort Williams Park to, to this, Aww. like, God has blessed me so much. Um, and, you know, it's, we need to do that. We need to plan times to get away with our Creator so that we don't start getting you know nearsighted again, so we can stay far sighted. so we can continue to keep our eyes fixed on what Christ has in store for us. Amen. You know, I, I was out here, and I was just uh, reading my Bible. I'm reading this book called Mighty Man of God. Many of you heard of it. Um, and just journaling and looking back over the past, three, four, five, six, seven years of where I've been with my thoughts and my feelings and, and my relationship with God, and then I just started singing, and before I knew it, I was like, man, I didn't know I could sing this good, you know, um, but I didn't tell the people, I didn't tell the people in, in Arizona,
1: uh, but, sing,
0: you know, that's it, but, you know, singing helps soften your heart, it helps remember you know, why do you think David sang, you know, and all the Psalms, And it was just an incredible time. And then I needed a place to sleep that night. And I didn't have a place to sleep, but I just drove up there mm-hmm. on faith. I was like, I'll just sleep in my car, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but then a, a snowstorm was coming in to the Grand Canyon. And it doesn't snow all the time. <laughs> it doesn't snow all the time.
1: You always have these stories, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't
0: Oh man. You know, (laughs) the snowstorm started coming in, and you know, it it was highly unusual because it doesn't happen often. Um, But they're like, wow, you came on a great day. You're going to see the Grand Canyon without snow, and then you're going to see it with snow. And they're like, not a lot of people get that. It's like a small percentage. And I was just like, that's awesome. But I still need to find a place to stay, you know? (laughs) And, um,. Basically, what happened was I was like, I'll sleep in my car, but then they brought the tow trucks out to like, or not tow trucks, the uh the plow trucks. to plow, and I was like, you know, I can't. I don't know if I want to do that. That might be risky. Um, so then I went into this hotel and I was talking to the guy, and basically he was like, you know what, man, I'll just give you the the employee discount rate because uh, you just need a place tonight. So he saved me like sixty or seventy bucks, and I was he was just like, yeah, man. Um, it's the off season, so. If this was summer, you would have been out of luck. But because it's winter, you know I got you. And I was just—it's like God's just taking care of me, you know. And you can—you can see the good things when you're farsighted, you know. Uh, When you're tunnel-focused on Jesus, and then you look out and to see just eternity with God. Uh, There's something special about it. And so as we come to a close today, um, I just want to—yeah, I actually just want to read a a quick excerpt of a, a story about some Spanish ships that's pretty inspiring and that can help us as we think about our vision going forward. Um, So this is back when Spain first invaded uh, North America, Christopher Columbus, 1400s, that kind of time. It says, when the Spanish ships first started sailing to the Americas, there were many new challenges associated with the long voyage. One particularly challenging ordeal was an area known as the doldrums, The area about 30 degrees on each side of the equator is one of the most still areas in the Atlantic Ocean. A ship could hit this spot and go days, even weeks, without a breeze. Ships that did this were in real danger of exhausting their food and water supply. There is a record of one such ship being so depleted of water after a month in the doldrums that by the time they approached the Americas, Many of the shipmates were dying of thirst. They didn't know their latitude, so they had no idea how long their journey would last until they happened upon a Peruvian boat. And when the Peruvians saw their sickly condition, they called out, Can we help you? Water, they called out. We need water. Lower your buckets, the Peruvians replied. And every good sailor knew not to drink seawater. The salt is dangerous and can kill you. No, they called back. We need fresh water. Again, the Peruvians called out, lower your buckets. Unknowingly to the Spanish sailors, for the last week of their journey, they've been sailing where the mouth of the Amazon River empties into the Atlantic Ocean. This is the source of 20% of Earth's runoff water. It flows into the ocean with such a strong force that for hundreds of miles, in every direction, the water is fresh. The sailors have been dying of thirst in a sea of drinkable water. You know, and that story is very impacting because it's like, man, how foolish would you feel if you found out you could just drink the water underneath you? You know, and I think oftentimes as disciples, we can get weary. We can feel exhausted, we can feel even famished or dehydrated spiritually, but there's so much water that flows from Jesus. He's the living water, you know, and as an athlete or somebody who is active, you need to constantly drink, you know constantly going after it, you know and, and as somebody who's living in Maine, it can trick you to think, "Oh, it's not hot out, so I don't need to drink, but you really need to drink water because we live off that, you know but As we think about our vision, let's let's let it be filled up with fresh, with fresh water from Jesus. Let's let it be filled up with like saturated on him and everything else is secondary. No, let's build our lives on him so that we don't die of thirst, spiritually speaking, as we go into the new year. You know, we want to pace ourselves, but the only way we could do it is by being all in with Jesus because he'll continue to replenish and continue to strengthen us. And so as we close today, just want to remind us, let's have tunnel vision for knowing Christ. Um, When you look ahead in your year, there are many ambitions, but that can crowd out our vision of Christ. Let's let's make Christ put him on a pedestal, you know, and let's focus on him as we focus on being with him forever having the prize, you know, what nearsighted obstacles are blocking the ultimate vision of the prize that awaits you, you know, locate them, you know, and then align your 2020 plans to prioritize knowing Christ better in all that you do, so that's all we got, and we really hope that 2020 is awesome.